0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and taxpayers fighting to restore a modicum of sanity in this country. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, CR Podcast, back in the house here at Blaze Media for Friday. We always love Fridays. I am burnt out and about ready to end, but as always, reinvigorated to get back in front of this microphone and give you guys the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And folks, every day I plan a guest for a particular show, what always seems to happen is that news from the other stuff breaks out, so there's so much more stuff on crime and Uh, Trump supporters at the Capitol Hill protests basically being persecuted and we are all screwed. But I do want to keep it mainly focused on the COVID fascism, but particularly what works, what doesn't work, what we're seeing. We're going to have a very special guest on today to discuss her book on what works and what doesn't. And what's amazing is that this Virus is the most discussed issue, thing in the history of the universe. It's affected our lives more than anything in the history of the universe. Yet still, people don't know how to treat it. People don't know what to do when they get it. And that is by design. As I've noted, probably the most telling aspect of what they've done to us is the censorship the lies, the obfuscation of any ability to boost your immune system, prevent yourself from even getting it, much less getting sick from it. Commensurate with how much the political class believes that this is deadly and so important, so much so that it's worth destroying an entire generation of children, their physical health, their mental health, health, their, their development, educational, behavioral, emotional, all for this virus. To do stuff that doesn't work at all and actually is counterproductive because it made people more, you know, stay more inside, lower their vitamin D, cover their face, lower their vitamin D, get less exercise, do less sports, and gain more weight. But juxtaposed to the fact that the FDA won't even recommend not just ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, but even vitamin D. When the research is insanely amazing on that. This virus is essentially a virus of vitamin D deficiency. And to this day, I I just, you know, I bumped into some friends. I have this all the time. And we start talking about things. And these are right-wingers. They agree with us. Almost none of them heard of ivermectin. And most of them don't even know about vitamin D. They know it's kind of good for you. But they don't know, like, well... If I told you you had 13 months to do something that would make it that you're 99 per, that would like lower your chances of being hospitalized by like 99 percent, wouldn't you take it? Nope, they never heard of it. I can't blame them. The government did this by design. You tell me how these people are any better than al Qaeda. Again, because by their own admission, this virus is the worst thing ever. So judging by their own standard, that is how culpable they are for pushing what doesn't work and denying what does work. And we're going to talk about that more with our special guest. Just a couple of notes here. There's a couple of amazing charts uh, some of my buddies have put out. Putting together the epidemiological curves of a given geographical region. And they are the exact same to the point that they are now tracking, this is amazing, that the, so, so if you notice, we had a little bit of a wave, a very mini wave, the first half of April, late March into April, after you know, it went down from the winter, started going down in January into February, and then it started going up a little bit in the spring, very minor, because you know most people are immune to it now, so there's not nearly as much room to cut in but it followed last year's early spring pattern. You look state by state, and it's a- amazing. You will see the exact same day, date, of peaking. Like if something peaked on April 18th, it peaked on April 18th. So some amazing charts on that. Um, I've put out on, I've retweeted on Twitter from some some of the friends of mine at uh, Rational Ground, associated with Rational Ground, So this entire thing was 100% natural, which means the solution to it was 100% natural. But what are they doing now? They are pushing an experimental mRNA on the American people and even on children, treating it like candy, not giving any disclaimers, and then mandating it while continuing to ignore and even oppose any safe, proven treatments to the point of obfuscating vitamin D. The NIH refuses to recommend it for early treatment. And really more important than early treatment, it's just just boosting it in general in the long run. Think of all the people that have died the last couple months of the virus. They had 10 to 13 months to get their vitamin D levels up. Had the government followed the science that was black and white, open, not a single person pretty much, except for people in hospice or whatever, they're going to die anyway then, not a single person should die from this. That is how evil these people are. When you juxtapose the standards that they're applying to the mRNA versus what they're applying even to vitamin D, much less ivermectin. That shows this is completely indefensible what they're doing. And I'm not happy with Trump on some of the things he's saying. We're going to get into that before we have our guest on. First, a word from today's sponsor, folks. One thing is clear, I don't need to convince you, you need to own and carry a gun in the era we're living in. That's pretty obvious. But few people focus on getting the proper gun belt and the proper holster. That determines the positioning of the gun, how you're gonna draw, your point of aim, it all starts there. That's why I recommend We the People holsters starting at just $40 at a time when guns and ammo have gone up exponentially their prices have not gone up they make the best american-made holsters some cool um, propriety clips and designs they're very comfortable but also very secure so if you go to we the people slash cr you could check out their holsters their edc tactical gun belts which come paired with their patented Cobra buckle, as well as some cool hoodies and uh, long sleeve uh, shirts as well. Every holster and gun belt comes with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a full refund. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash CR, but get an extra $10 off with offer code CR. Great pricing. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash CR. Make sure more than ever you're prepared, God forbid, if you get into a gunfight, to win that gunfight. Now, I can't help you from being tried by 12 for doing that, but at least you won't be carried by (laughs) 6. Anyway, so here we are in the midst of a battle of them forcing experimental vaccines on us. Now, even if you are the most pro-vaccine in this case, every sane person has to agree that the risk versus return matrix especially relative to what you could be doing prophylactically in your life and your whole health in general if you're younger it is just like it's it's indefensible to push on people this vaccine even at, even under the best scenario yet here we have I'm not even going to read you guys stories I'm getting from people Privately and also just public in the news, all sorts of hospitals, schools, places of employment everywhere, they're mandating it. Well, Daniel, um, what do you mean? Isn't it uh, experimental? Doesn't it say in statute that, you ca- that it has to be optional? Statute, in case you noticed, like we talked about yesterday, doesn't matter. We don't have the rule of law in this country. They just do what they want. So, we're sitting and fighting a vaccine passport, but that, you know, they're not pushing a vaccine passport. They're just requiring you to to be vaccinated. And then, even the places where it's not 100% a mandate, they're violating anti discrimination law and the experimental emergency use authorization law by basically making you get it. So, my father told me in his workplace, I mean, he's going to retire, but starting June 1st, they say everyone needs to be vaccinated. Now, if you're not vaccinated, you work from home. But again, I mean, it's going to affect you. You're not going to be able to work properly. You're not going to be promoted. It, they're going to punish everyone. They're doing it. They're doing it everywhere. They don't debate. We're sitting and debating vaccine passports, and they're just doing. You might not have a passport, but like a universal card or something, but they're going to make sure you had it. What are we going to do about that? Now, the first thing you could do is have the guy who's the most prominent voice on the right help us out. But instead, this is what Donald Trump does. I'm sorry. I I want to believe in him as much as you do. We badly need a leader. New York Post, Trump gives thumbs up on post-push for life-saving COVID vaccine. I'm all in favor of the vaccine. It's one of them, one of the greatest tree atri- achievements, a true miracle. Um he just keeps playing it up. And then in a statement a couple days ago. First of all, he said if we didn't have it, it would be like the Spanish flu. Literally, I mean to this day, like he did when he was president, repeats Fauci stuff. He's still on the ventilators, by the way. Anything that's, I did the ventilators, I did the vaccine, I did criminal justice deform. It's like a dog. I- I'm sorry. I mean, I- I've just had enough of this guy. I've had enough of this crap from him. He put out a statement calling people deranged pseudoscience. Not the deranged pseudoscience of mask wearing. Not the anti-Ivermectin and vitamin D stuff. Not the lockdowns. The anti-vax movement. He won't push ivermectin, won't push any of this stuff. Can you imagine if he would, like even if you want to push side by side the vaccine, but to at least inform his own supporters, if you polled Trump supporters, 75 million people, how many people know ivermectin could save their lives? Vitamin D supplements. The Zelenko Protocol. It's a small percentage even of Trump voters that know about it. He could do so much. But the only damn thing this guy cares about, and I'm sorry, I meant to have our guest on. I didn't mean to get into Trump, but this really bothers me. The only thing he cares about is himself. I did it. Notice he won't weigh against any of these lockdown governors. Vetoing legislation that's sane left and right. He'll probably endorse most of them. And he has endorsed most of them. The North Dakota governor got his endorsement. I mean, that was last cycle. The only one he spoke out against was Asa Hutchinson. You know why? Because Sarah Huckabee told him to, because she's running for governor. That's his press secretary. That's the only thing the guy cares about. Trump's presidency allured the other side as if he was going to destroy them. Like, imagine... Awakening your enemy's military is if you're coming in with a D Day invasion, and then you just sit there with your stuff parked on the beach, and you don't go in, but you don't go out. That's why we're getting destroyed. That's why we've gone back light years. We're more liberal than we were four years ago as a country by a mile, because we get the worst of all outcomes. If this is all he's going to do, go away. Get out of the way so other people could leave. I challenge any of you to show me where I'm wrong on that. Believe me, we don't have leaders. Believe me, he is in a perfect position to already capture the minds of 75 million people, which, by the way, constitutes a majority in many parts of the country, to retake our country. I badly want to steer him in a direction that he could help. Show me how to do that. It hasn't worked until now. It's unbelievable. At the moment when we have the worst moment alive, he is putting out public statements saying it's pseudoscience. That's the only thing he's calling pseudoscience. To this day, he's saddled us with criminal justice deform. He saddled us with COVID fascism. Hasn't changed to this day. You know, a study came out from biostatisticians in um University of Florida, Gainesville, showing that you are five times more likely to get the virus if you are vitamin D deficient. Five times more likely. So until now, we've seen that it makes a huge difference in terms of getting critically ill from it. But this study showed that you're five times more likely to get it in the first place. You know what happens if you don't get the virus? You can't transmit it by trump's logic and all these other people that you should get the vaccine and you're saving other people and wear a mask by a factor of 10 if we are into mandates and fascism we should force everyone to take vitamin d supplements every day it would be less destructive in your life it's good for a million other things in your life it's one of the best things you can take no risk That should have been like Tums, like candy, for 13 months. It should have been like the new... The way we're treating masks, we should have treated vitamin D. You would have had 80% fewer deaths. But to this day, so many Americans are going to continue being vitamin D deficient. And even more so, the most vulnerable people who continue to stay in their houses. Some take supplements... But again, like even the ones that know to take supplements, like from other things, their doctor has been advising it for other conditions, or just in general because they're deficiency. A lot of them, as we we've had from many experts on the show, Drs. McCullough, Cole, and we're going to hear it in a couple minutes from Doctor Huber. They recommend 1,000, maybe 2,000 IUs. And for people like me, maybe that's that's good. But if you're seriously elderly and deficient and in danger, there's no reason you can't be taking 10,000 IUs. Really, what's been studied is to get anywhere near a point where you would overdose on it, it would be much, much higher than that. To the extent you could even find the possibility of overdosing. So we're going to continue doing this. And I'm sure if you study the flu, we'll ask Dr. Huber on this, you'll find the same thing. But why isn't Trump pushing that? He's always, whenever we need someone to jazz up our side and and push the other side of the story, he's there to step on the gas pedal for the other side. I hate to say it. I try to ignore this and try to see the good in him. Because I so badly, like all of you, want a champion, which we don't have. But what is up with this guy? Unbelievable. You're crazy to even ask questions about this. But don't you dare mention vitamin D. But let's get on to our guest. Now folks, as I mentioned before, there were two types of people that came on the scene when this virus started spreading. There were the type of people in the medical field which is, unfortunately, the majority of them. They're like, how do we control people's lives? This is all about non-pharmaceutical interventions. Kind of funny, like you know, fighting a fire with uh, the rain dance, the moon dance. How about you fight fire with water? How about you fight a pharma uh, medical problem with a pharmaceutical intervention, a medical intervention? They had nothing to offer us medically. They didn't study how the virus works. And they would have understood that, you know, it's very easy to understand that the main problem was cytokine storm, the inflammatory response, and you need to um, work against that, preempt that, and there's a lot of things that have proven to work. And then the more this developed, the more we discovered what makes this virus tick, what works against it. But here we are 14 months later, and they're acting like it's March of last year. I don't know anything. I don't know. Wear a mask. Stay home. At best, get a vaccine, and even then, um, uh, you know, still stay home and wear a mask, but make sure you get the vaccine. Uh, It's experimental, but shut up, get it anyway. And vitamin D is experimental, but this is like candy. Literally flipping the world on its head. But then you had doctors, and then, you know, this really started with people like Dr. Zelenko. We've had some other people like Dr. Peter McCullough on the show that work to research and write and disseminate to save lives. Not even so much to bash the mask and the lockdown and this. I mean, some have spoken against that. Some haven't. Um, You know, that's one issue. But at least let's also do what we know works. Let's save lives. Don't you care about COVID? I mean, you're telling me COVID's everything. It's enough to destroy the life of a two-year-old who's not affected by COVID. So certainly the people who are vulnerable to it, shouldn't we treat them? Shouldn't we educate them? I test positive. Well, what do I do? Uh, wait till you can't breathe. And then we have some remdesivir for 3000 a pop and a ventilator waiting for you. No. What about educating people on stuff? So, to be honest, I rarely promote books. I don't like books because most people who write them, there's really nothing new in them that they haven't already said. And they're just trying to sell books. Whereas with our next guest, Dr. Colleen Huber, You'd be hard-pressed because of the censorship to even find this book. I had to Google it many times. She's literally doing this for a public service. The Defeat of COVID, 500-plus medical studies show what works and what doesn't. I mean, this is the type of book Fauci should have written. I mean, if you think it's that important, tell us. Tell us what I should do. The whole health, what we've learned from it, what we've learned um, for other viruses, how I could be more healthy, what I should take prophylactically, what I should do, the different steps, different st- symptoms. I mean, again, not even talking about so much the mass and the and the and the lockdowns, which which certainly Dr. Huber does and and provides amazing evidence um, from all the studies how it shows that this stuff doesn't work, which we know already. But at least show us what we all agree does work. The unanimity of the body of literature on things like vitamin D and zinc and ivermectin. Many, many other things that, that even I didn't really know much about until fairly recently. Dr. Huber is a naturopathic medical doctor in Tempe, Arizona. She's an oncologist and runs the NatureWorks Best Cancer Clinic. Um, really has been world-renowned on her cancer research and treatments. That's worthy of a whole nother show together. Um, but this really is a book that offers 500 medical studies, that equip anyone in any family or business or community with the knowledge they need to know to truly minimize the damage from COVID and other future outbreaks. So with us today is none other than Dr. Huber. Doctor, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Daniel. It's good to talk with you again.
0: Well, you have got to give me a little bit of a sneak peek. I got the book on my desk here, um... And my wife wishes, by the way, she could have designed the cover for you. Uh, Too bad we weren't in touch beforehand. But the book is great. I started reading some parts on it, and I'm saving it for my plane ride. Could you give me the 50,000-foot view overview before we get into some specifics of why you felt this book needed to be written?
1: It needed to be written because uh, we are being lied to about covid And we've been lied to for a year, and I think uh, many, many uh, Americans and people around the world know it and have been uh, saying so in street protests where they've happened, but also uh, privately to each other and certainly on social media. We know we've been lied to. Um, We do say it on social media and then we get banned for it. You mentioned Dr. Zelenko. He's been suspended from Twitter for several months. I as well have been uh, for uh, citing uh, peer-reviewed published medical literature. And anyway, so, uh, but back to the book, it's just, you know, I have to say it's impossible to die of COVID if you have adequate vitamin D. And I don't say this because it's an opinion, I say it because it's been shown in studies around the world. Um, All continents, except Antarctica, have shown that this is a fact that you, if you have it out for a certain level of vitamin D, COVID is not a threat as a disease, neither SARS-CoV-2, the virus, or COVID as a disease is a threat. Um, we saw in the 14,000 person uh, study in Israel that if the uh, vitamin D was above 75 nanomoles per liter, then uh, the people, uh, nobody was hospitalized uh, at that level. I mean, um, we also see at the equatorial countries that are within 35 degrees latitude, north and south of the equator, uh, COVID has been uh, much less of a threat than north of that area where we have less direct sunlight, less vitamin D you know, less naturally acquired vitamin D from the sun, uh, vitamin D can certainly be supplemented. And uh, so vitamin D alone is one of the five uh, treatments that I talked about for COVID, both as prevention and as outright cure. Um, and then there are four others as well.
0: Sure. So um, to start off with vitamin D, obviously there's been a lot of studies that have shown, I mean, you mentioned 75, but really above 30, 35 Generally, most people don't get seriously ill from it. We, what we've seen from from most studies, right. there's now a study from University of Florida Gainesville um, that I think might have come out after your book, but they seem to show you're f- five times more likely to get the virus um, if you're vitamin D deficient. So, l- just correct me if I'm wrong here. I mentioned yeah, earlier. No, I agree
1: with you. Yeah, I mentioned I earlier that
0: if 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 the government would have made vitamin D like the masks 13 months ago, you have people that, you know, have died recently are still dying to a certain extent from the virus. They had almost a year to bulk up their numbers that had government properly educated people on this. Almost nobody would die from it. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, that is exactly right. And I, I totally agree with you and should have said it that, you know, even much lower levels of vitamin D have been protective. The only time that vitamin D didn't seem to be protective is it was a one-time massive bolus, just one dose, and then you didn't get any for a while. It does seem to work better with daily or at least every other day dosing. And that could include just uh, regular sunlight exposure of a certain amount of time, you know, a certain portion of the skin exposed and certain angle of sunlight, you know, depending on where you are on the earth. But, um, yeah, we don't need to go all the way up to 75. It's just that at 75, you know, that was a level at which uh, nobody had uh, serious ramifications from COVID. So uh, many people have uh, done quite a bit well at lower doses, Uh, above the extremely vitamin D deficient populations which COVID has affected. By the way, uh, demographically, you know that the uh, populations that have been most affected by COVID tend to be the populations that have been lowest in vitamin D. For example, uh, the seniors, you know, seniors tend to have lower vitamin D than uh, younger people. Uh, the obese have have lower vitamin D, and the reason they do is it's a fat soluble vitamin, and so it's being uh, distributed and diluted in the fat in the body uh, in a heavier person than a more slender person. So that they need to supplement more. Uh, if if there is overweight, uh, just you know, supplementing more is, I think, a good strategy. And uh, you know, so a lot of these populations have have been overlapped, the ones that are most susceptible to COVID and the ones who are most vitamin
0: D deficient. Now, one more thing on vitamin D before we move on to some of the other things you discuss in the book. Um, Am I correct in asserting this as well? I talked about the dosage. Um, So, you know, someone like me, I think I'm pretty healthy um, in my 30s and I'm young and I don't have any conditions. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, I'm indoors all the time, you know, working on fighting political stuff. So I'm rarely outside during the hours of the day where the sun is of, you know, is is shining at an angle that you could really absorb it. Um, so, you know, I I started taking supplements. I put my money where my mouth is and uh, it got rid of my warts on my fingers, which is interesting. You know, that comes from a virus. And, you know, but, but that's me. But if you're, let's say, in a nursing home and... A, they don't get out much, and certainly now they just lock them in, so really they deny their vitamin D. They have a lot of health issues. So am I correct to assume that a lot of those people, maybe as part of the daily regimen of medications that they give them, they might give them a multivitamin that has 800 IUs or something of vitamin D, but someone at that stage, don't they need a lot more?
1: I think so, yes. Uh, 800 I use, I don't think it's going to make quite as much uh, difference as we would like. And uh, too often, you know, uh, people have uh, listened to the old doctor's tale, uh, medical doctors who did not study nutrition in medical school, opining that, uh, well, you know, if we take too much, we could get toxicity. But I would like to say something about that. There was a study that I mentioned in my book of 20,000 people, and they had taken 55,000 units of vitamin D daily. Anyway, uh, I forgot over what time period, but uh, none of them, well, one out of the 20,000 showed signs of hypercalcemia, only one, which is the side effect that we would expect from excessive vitamin D. So in other words, the one out of 20,000 had the hypercalcemia from a massive dose, 55,000. Okay, anyway, what I've done since uh, doing the research for the book is I've increased the recommendation of my cancer patients and for myself because I don't uh, prescribe anything to them that I'm not willing to take myself. Um, that is uh, rule number one of equipoise at my clinic is like first a no harm means I have to be willing to take it myself. And, um, so I've raised my daily dose to 14,000 units a day for myself. And I'm now recommending it to the people who come to me. 14, I, I mean, thousand. I'm not making it 14,000. Yes. I am really, wow. well, they have been on 10,000 units a day for years. I mean, I've had people in remission who go into remission from cancer from our clinic I've told them continue the 10,000 units a day. Don't, don't slack off of that. And, and yes, you're saying really
0: there's legitimate data on, on vitamin D helping against cancer as well?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, going back years, uh, decades, I mean, I've had them on uh, vitamin D for 14 years. As long as I've had my clinic, vitamin D has been a really key recommendation, um, you know, for them. It's had tremendous anti-cancer effects.
0: Yep, and it almost seems like the government automatically believes because there's one thing you want to say, one thing I don't. I'm not so into this, but it's every single concept of early treatment, um, they're not into, which tells you they really, really don't want a cheap, natural, effective cure to this because even the few things that they'll endorse that are non, just vaccine, ventilator, die, wear a mask, don't get it message is something that is either extremely expensive and or it has to be administered by a hospital. So it's a monoclonal antibodies or remdesivir and the the latter, in the case of remdesivir, really doesn't seem to work. Uh, Monoclonal antibodies seem to have some good data behind it, but again, it's not the type of thing you're going to take prophylactically. It's not the type of thing most people are going to run to at the first sign of trouble, which is really when you want to zap this. They wait until they start having trouble breathing and that already, no matter what you do, is not going to be as effective so it really seems like they don't like early treatments which brings me to ivermectin um yes ivermectin (laughs) biggest the biggest rub against it they they throw out they don't mention studies they don't explain to people how it works and how cytokine storm works and how the antiviral and anti-inflammatory mechanisms work they just stigmatize and say that's an animal medicine
1: Yeah, so well, that might have something to do with the fact that uh, throughout much of the world, a a dose is less than 10 cents of the U.S. dollar. So that might have a wee bit to do with it. Uh, (laughs) But ivermectin, I have to say, if I may, that uh, ivermectin is as if it was made for COVID. And uh, if you want, I can tell you why. Um, There there are five known mechanisms uh, against COVID that specifically related to SARS-CoV-2 that ivermectin accomplishes. Now, we would be lucky if ivermectin shut down one part of the three-part spike protein. But we're even luckier than that, because ivermectin shuts down, completely inhibits and blocks, all three parts of the spike protein. Not only that, but ivermectin, among many um, substances studied, was the tightest to bind to RNA-dependent RNA polymerase, which is uh, what I mean by that is it was the most effective at uh, stopping the enzyme that enables Viruses, the specific SARS-CoV-2 virus, to replicate. Not only that, but ivermectin was found to block um, uh, the SARS-CoV-2 entry into the nucleus of our cells. So there's five mechanisms right there that have been so effective against COVID-19 that ivermectin has been so wonderful against it that even later stage patients showed greater improvement with ivermectin than early stage. Well, early stage, you know, there's not too much to uh, you know get excited about. Yeah, but the later stage patients just showed dramatic improvement with
0: the ivermectin. So you're saying it's I mean, not was... just that it preempts viral replication, but that it could reverse the body's cytokine storm, right? The body's attack on, on you know, the, the people's lungs. And and part, part of why people have such a problem with it is not so much the virus. Often the virus is no longer replicating at that point, but it's the damage is done from the immune system, the cytokines that don't seem to shut off. Could you just briefly explain in layman's terms how that works?
1: Right. Uh, Yes. Uh, And for that, I actually like the vitamin D and the vitamin C better. Um, Two of the other nutrients, you know, discussed in my book. It's that... uh, okay, so the th one cells uh, you know our, our helper T cells of class one they tend to be a little bit more pro inflammatory and what vitamin D accomplishes it gets them to go over to or or favors uh, the production of th two cells in our body, which are not anti, which are not so inflammatory but rather are antiviral and so the vitamin D helps uh, these th two cells um it, it's stimulating CD4-positive cells, CD8-positive cells, natural killer cells. Uh, these are all useful and necessary to fight viruses without really creating that, that storm in the body. Vitamin C is helpful in protecting the uh, lung epithelial barrier, you know, protecting it from uh, getting attacked. Vitamin D, by the way, another mechanism that it has against that, the inflammatory thing, is it uh, inhibits renin. Renin is the first part of the renin angiotensin uh, system. And so then it's there's less of the ACE uh, receptor. The ACE receptor is what you know uh, the spike protein attaches to for the coronavirus to get into our cells. So um, zinc stops that attachment. Uh, vitamin D uh, reduces, and vitamin C reduces uh, the ACE. So that's that's very helpful. In other words, I. The five uh, different treatments for COVID that I recommend in the book, I don't necessarily recommend using alone, but I think it would be more effective in combination. In fact, any of those five in combination, including all of them, uh, there was no uh, contraindication that I found. No conflict. Sure. Uh, no, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, because so, 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 c- Dr. Peter McCullough says this a lot too, a lot of people, whatever side they're on and whatever drug, they, you, know, you have the hydroxychampions, the ivermectin champions, there's... Um, some new stuff people are pushing, and and then there's some stuff even the establishment is pushing that, you know most of it is garbage. But sometimes some of the stuff has a little bit of efficacy. It's not any one thing that oh well this is seventy four percent, this is eighty two percent. Well, how about you put together the best cocktail and depending on the patient and the conditions, you actually start treating that and start putting together protocols. Um, so I think that's the point you're making. Certainly you do all of this. Um, So obviously, vitamin D, vitamin C should always be taken no matter what, even before this virus, certainly with it, prophylactically. Um, Ivermectin, do you recommend people that are kind of scared of getting it, they're vulnerable, they don't want to take the vaccine, or even if they did, should they take it preemptively or just the first sign of trouble?
1: Well, I think maybe the first set of trouble um, might be a good idea. Although, you know, where it's had the most use, 3.7 billion doses have been prescribed throughout the world and mostly in Equatorial Africa. And it's been used there as an antiparasitic and as a prophylactic, uh, a dose has been one oral dose per year per person. Uh, so that's that's been what has been observed against parasites. Um, if it works that well against COVID, that would be great, but I don't think we have that information yet. So. Uh, Yeah, I think. But then on the other hand, it's not over the counter unless you consider veterinary use, in which case I'm not necessarily recommending that what's uh, what's dosed out for a horse may not uh, be so applicable for a human size. But anyway, um, so where do people get it uh, by prescription? So what do you do if you have
0: an establishment doctor that drinks out of the NIH's trough?
1: Yeah, that's uh, where I personally would not go, and would not want a family member to go to a doctor who drinks out of that trough. Uh, <laughs> there are uh, there are independent-minded doctors, and that might be a little bit of a better choice. Uh, that's certainly who I would trust my family's health, and I always have uh, trust my family's to health too. You know, um, so th- and then some states are going to be more difficult about it than others. And that is really unfortunate because ivermectin has shown tremendous effect against uh, COVID. I mean, it's just, it it just locks down COVID in uh, five different areas, you know. We would be lucky if ivermectin just shut off one or two mechanisms against COVID, but it shuts down five of them that makes it so helpful that the the studies are just overwhelming. In fact, um, the biggest meta-analysis calculated for ivermectin to be ineffective, the chance of that is one out of 563 trillion, okay? Oh, by the way, the, the same meta-analysis looked at um, over 200 studies for hydroxychloroquine. For that to be ineffective, the chance would be one out of 327 quadrillion. So, I mean, that's crazy small. In other words, that's how, that's how overwhelmingly effective uh, each of these drugs was found, and the study that looked at the use of the two of them together was, like you say, not a problem at all. I mean, they work on different mechanisms. They're both very safe. They're so safe that they've been used in, uh, you know, all ages of children. Pregnancies were not lost uh, due to these drugs. And, um, and, you know, they've been used since 1975, more commonly in the equatorial region of Africa, where both malaria and uh, parasites have been uh, fought preventably, you know, with these drugs, respectively.
0: So now, this really gets worse. It's not just that, you know, the government is censoring any information, certainly not affirmatively endorsing, making this stuff available, Um, but in fact, they're going after some doctors for even trying to treat people. Um, and, and mind you, it's not like they have an alternative and say, hey, no, 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 take this cocktail, this prophylaxis, we think this is... No, their solution is do absolutely nothing outpatient um, until it gets to its worst stage, which is much harder to treat. So what c- could you talk about some of this going on with them going after doctors?
1: Oh, yes, I just learned yesterday morning. Uh, there was a chiropractor in Missouri, Dr. Napute if I may say his name, N-E-P-U-T-E. Anyway, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, he is the first one who is being charged under a new law, and it's being called a law, the uh, COVID-19 Consumer Protection Act. So I guess it was an act that was passed by Congress. Uh, but anyway, um, apparently, uh, he, because he uh, made YouTube which said uh, that vitamin D and zinc are effective against COVID, that they are charging him with uh, alleging this without evidence. Okay, so I can't imagine how that could possibly succeed in the court of law. I mean, the, the blatantly anti-constitutional, uh, anti-First Amendment nature of this, for a doctor to not be allowed to discuss uh, health and remedies for health is just beyond absurd, or beyond uh, 1984 fascists, I don't know. Um, Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. So so you're telling me this wasn't even a case of ivermectin? It was he was prescribing vitamin D? Yeah.
1: And zinc, which which are available over the counter. And so um you know, I what on earth they are trying to accomplish with this, it seems to be a suppression of free speech. And I mean, he's Look, any layperson should obviously be able to talk about vitamin D and zinc without harassment, um, and and should be able to uh, sell vitamin D and zinc if they want. I believe this doctor may have been doing that, but uh, you know he he went to medical school. He understands the role of vitamin D and zinc, and uh, he's looked into it regarding COVID. Uh, but he was charged with, uh, I guess, not um, following the party line. I mean, how are William? Is it?
0: At this point wow that is that is very scary and again this underscores the need for the bill that was proposed in colorado um i've had people draft similar things in pennsylvania new hampshire um and it really needs to be passed in every in every state Uh, i'm going to look into this in missouri uh dr huber i'm gonna i'm gonna speak with some of my friends in the legislature there just want to get the details on this because we need a bill to make sure that this is considered within medical practice and you know to prescribe things off label. Um, and and what you're talking about is not even like off label. They're just supplements that we take, you know, for everything else and should be taking. Um, so I want to get back to your list. So again, we got ivermectin, we have vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. What else do you discuss as as a treatment?
1: Hydroxychloroquine, all so wonderful. And uh, I was really inspired by, and I, I mentioned strongly in my preface of my book, uh, Dr. Zelenko. Oh, by the way, Amazon did not include the preface in the Kindle version. I don't know why, but uh, I'm still discussing this with Amazon. Uh, Dr. Zelenko really showed the world. Zev Zelenko, MD. I think it's said zevzelenkomd.com. Anyway, he showed the world how to deal with covid he said to combine hydroxychloroquine with zinc because hydroxychloroquine does a wonderful job of shepherding zinc into a cell that otherwise wouldn't necessarily get there in very high quantity. And, um, you know, we only keep about uh, thousands of um, atoms of zinc in, in a cell at a time generally. But uh, And that's because it can be uh, important for normal or natural cell death. But, uh, uh, but it's also extremely helpful against... Um, against viruses, RNA and DNA viruses, including it's been found SARS-CoV-2. Uh, but when you put hydroxychloroquine and zinc together, uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, creates um, a high alkaline environment, a high pH environment that uh, the virus finds impossible to replicate in. So it it goes with zinc uh, very well and gets zinc to the uh, nucleus of the cell. Zinc is, is wonderful for, you know, Um, increasing every aspect of the immune system, mast cells, monocytes, macrophages, dendritic cells, neutrophils, natural killer cells. Um, It also activates the neutrophils cells to uh, undergo phytocytosis, degranulation, uh, produce cytokines, uh, do chemotaxis, where the cell walking, you know, the neutrophils kind of move outside of the blood vessels and into the tissue. Um, Zinc is just everywhere in the body when, you know, it's at adequate levels. Um, and hydroxychloroquine just works really nicely with that hydroxychloroquine has another uh, yeah go ahead
0: so i was just gonna say so the two the important thing is that the two need to work together um what before we get back to hydroxy and some other things what dosage would you recommend people take uh daily for zinc and and vitamin c as well i'm just curious
1: well, I, that's something in which um, for personal use and for uh, the patients who I've been treating for cancer, uh, uh, 50 uh, milligrams a day is, I think, uh, a pretty reasonable amount. And like I say, I've been working with cancer patients. I haven't been uh, recommending specific doses to uh, the general public. And uh, the reason I haven't is, you know, if you... Total stranger who I've never met in consult, you know, so sure, they have sure. a copper deficiency. If they have a copper deficiency, zinc could actually conceivably aggravate it. It's a little bit rare, not very likely. And zinc Got and it. copper occur in nature in the same foods. Okay, but long story short, myself, I take 50 milligrams a day, and the patients who I treat for cancer, zinc has enormous effect against cancer as well. Zinc attacks cancer in so many, literally, uh, a couple of dozen ways that we know of um so it's been so useful that i've been using it with cancer patients like 14 years
0: got it got it yeah, and, and and just to go back yeah. to vitamin c what what, what, do you, what do you think there about about a you know a thousand milligrams a day
1: well uh for uh protection against SARS-CoV-2 that also is a little bit dependent you know and that's why i don't like to make blanket recommendations i mean like sure. for example somebody who's Somebody who smokes tobacco, uh, that's more and more rare these days, I guess. But anyway, they're going to need more vitamin C. Uh, tobacco depletes to vitamin C. Um, the, it's hard to say. Uh, people with a little bit of a junk food diet are going to need more than people who are eating a healthy diet. Um, vegans are probably going to need more because it's a little bit more concentrated in um, in meat than in uh, vegetables. Although, some of the highest vegetables in vitamin C are bell peppers, bell uh, peppers, Strawberries, not exactly what you would expect. Um, Bell peppers have more vitamin C than citrus. On the other hand, they also get slammed with pesticides. The pesticides have been shown to get into the fruit, and then, uh, you know, because technically it's fruit. Okay, well, anyway, I'm digressing. Sorry. Uh, Vitamin C. Uh, Let's say I'm taking it orally. Then uh, 1,000 milligrams uh, two times a day might be a nice thing for me to take. So that's
0: 2,000 a day. That's interesting. I mean, yes. Again, I'm not challenging here. I'm just saying if you look at the daily values that they put on, it's much much lower than that, right? Oh
1: yes, it is absolutely. The uh, that's why Andrew Weil uh, a couple of decades ago slammed uh, conventional medicine for having nutrition education that is abysmal to non-existent, quote unquote. And, uh, you know, uh, conventional medicine was horrified and very insulted. But he was right. Uh, you know, the nutrition education in conventional uh, medical curriculum is uh, non-existent to absolutely absurd. I started out in the conventional medical curriculum before I transferred to naturopathic medical school. And uh, that was a main reason I transferred. I knew. That I would need nutrition as a fundamental healing tool. Hippocrates was not joking when he said, Let your medicine be your food, let your food be your medicine. It is extremely important. I'm sold. I'm I'm sold on this. I mean, (laughs) I'm
0: just going to tell you that from my end, like, you know, I wasn't so into this stuff. Um, Coming into this a year ago, um, you know, and, and I'm very suspicious of any establishment. I mean, that's my whole brand. But I wasn't so into naturopathic stuff and all I could say is at least as it relates to this virus, it the, the evidence to my layman mind in medicine seems black and white when it comes to everything they've been pushing clearly didn't work and this stuff really the body of research behind it is solid and, it, and then that opens my mind to think, well, wait a minute, you know, doesn't viral replication work kind of a similar, you know, the little differences and the inflammatory response a little bit different but you know it should work zinc and vitamin d and vitamin c and probably even ivermectin and hydroxy against other things then the question becomes well outside of viruses what other ailments such as cancer um, should be focused more on some of the natural things versus you know just the real cool medicines that are designed specifically for that that cost a trillion dollars and then don't work now i know this is your bread and butter and this is like a strike up the middle of the plate for you but you know i'm assuming that there's this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we're seeing in the medical community that they've been suppressing this information for many other elements right
1: Yes, it's really unfortunate. Uh, The cynics uh, among us say uh, there's no money in healthy people. There's no money in good people. The money's in the middle. So, you know, keep them a little bit sick and uh, keep them coming back for drugs and more drugs. And, uh, well, some of us are very cynical about that and particularly regarding uh, vaccines. And why is it so utterly urgent that we get vaccinated for a virus with a 99.8% survival rate?
0: And especially to push it on kids when they know their side effects, they know it's experimental. And then at the same time to treat vitamin D as if it's experimental, you know, and some of this other stuff is just indefensible. I want to go back to um, hydroxy. I'm on some of these forums where, you know, everyone is supportive of the concept of finding cheap, um, somewhat natural uh, early treatment, even prophylactic treatment But sometimes there's like the ivermectin people, there's hydroxy people, and there's, you know, some debates among them. Am I correct in asserting that hydroxy might be the one to go with more prophylactically because that kind of stuffs it in the hole, makes it it can't get in the cell, and ivermectin more after you already have it, or is it is there more to it than that?
1: Uh, yeah, you could, you could use that strategy. Now, um, you know how I was saying that uh, ivermectin not only locks down the spike protein in one area, it locks it down in all three of the parts. Um, so ivermectin could be, definitely be used prophylactically, I, I think. I mean, it has been, and the studies have shown, um, you know, good results compared to controls. Uh, for that, however, hydroxychloroquine has a similar but slightly different uh, mechanism with that spike protein. The spike protein has to cleave um, in order to um, enter the ACE2 receptor on our cells, on the human cells, but hydroxychloroquine prevents that from cleaving, and so therefore it inactivates it right there. Um, hydroxychloroquine also uh, binds to the end, uh part of the protein, of the spike protein, and thereby makes it um, unable to, unable for the virus to replicate. So uh, hydroxychloroquine has been, yeah, wonderful. But but here's why I think you're right. I, in other words, I think what you just said is feasible because, um, like I said, 3.7 billion doses have been given throughout the world since 1975. So we have over 30 years of information where, um, and again, this is uh, equatorial Africa because um, hydroxychloroquine has been so wonderfully effective against malaria. Really very helpful. Saved so many lives. And um, it's over the counter there. It's over the counter in much of the world, or at least it had been until COVID may have uh, altered the politics around (laughs) that. But, um, yeah, you know it's one of the safest medicines in the world. It's on the World Health Organization list of essential medicines, and and the thing is, people in Africa, uh, Equatorial Africa, often take it once a week uh, because um, you know as a malaria preventive. And again, all ages without uh, without safety concerns. The safety concerns would only be um, I think daily dosing of two hundred milligrams a day after several years, you could get to a point where um, retinopathy might be a risk. But that's daily dosing for years uh, that generally that shows up. So people aren't generally, you know, taking it that much or that frequently.
0: Sure, sure. No, absolutely. And and certainly with ivermectin, we've seen no side effects. It's been used, again, so often for river blindness and also in Africa. and um, and, and And even in their fake studies, they haven't been able to find much on it. Uh, They really, you know, they just had the fabricated study from Columbia to show that, oh, they didn't think it worked so well in healthy 30-year-olds that didn't really get anything. There were so many other problems with that study. Um, So you have a lot of information on that stuff. We we don't have much time left, and I just want to do lightning strike rounds with you just very quick. I'm going to go and mention things, and if you have nothing to say on them, we'll move on. Cursetin, what do you have to say on that? Yes.
1: It's also a zinc ionophore. Um, it was looked at as uh, shepherding uh, zinc in the cell like hydroxychloroquine can, and that might be something that people wanna look at where uh, the local doctor absolutely refuses or the pharmacy refuses to fill. A hydroxychloroquine prescription mm. that is going on a lot of us, and um, so let's say you just want to uh, do the home pharmacy on your own. Um, but I have to say this: when I looked into quercetin as a zinc ionophore, uh, the research that I saw says that green tea, a green tea extract (EGCG), works a little bit even better than the quercetin in the ones in the study that I looked at. So, wait, 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 uh, wait, wait what do
0: you mean green green tea? If you take green tea
1: yes, but there is an extract from green tea EGCG, epigallo, uh oops e g c d and EGCD. that's something you
0: EGCG, EGCG, and that's something you can get
1: yeah it's a supplement it's available uh you know at the health food stores sure so, uh, yeah, so, that, so you're saying mm-hmm. so
0: you're saying this is kind of like you know, not I've not not so much trying to mimic ivermectin, but to mimic the hydroxy plus zinc. And if you can't get hydroxy because right. of the politics, curcetin is one of the things that Dr. Zelenko recommended. And you're saying EGCG might be something as well. Okay, let's move yeah. on. Um, I'm hearing in yeah. this stuff I really don't know much about, but I know Dr. Cole sent me a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to have trouble pronouncing this, so you're, you're going to need to help me. Uh,
1: Flovaxamine?
0: Have you heard much well, on that?
1: Uh, not, No, I don't have uh, information on that.
0: Uh, colchicine?
1: Oh, colchicine? Well, colchicine has a lot of uh, risky aspects to it. I mean, if you don't use colchicine uh, correctly, it can cause tissue necrosis. Generally, uh, by prescription, um, well, I would just be really careful with it. I sure, mean, and, yeah, and I think, to, just, be fair, I an think to be fair, I think to be
0: yeah, and to be fair, so I'm, it's my ignorance I'm throwing everything in one pot. I'm not throwing in colchicine like I'm throwing in curcetin and zinc and this stuff that you would take on your own at home. Some of this is part of a doctor that wants to treat COVID for a limited period of time that you actually have it. Some of this stuff they might have thrown in there. It's certainly not stuff you're going to be taking prophylactically or just be taking just for the, for the sake of it. Um, they talk a lot about this inhaled budesnide.
1: That's yeah, an idea. a steroid, but you know, steroids have their um, their rebound effects. Uh, the steroids, I would say, uh, you know, clinically, I would reserve for somebody who I would only prescribe that um, if somebody is kind of really late stage and in the you know in a situation where the lungs are starting to fill up, then um, you you really need a, a strong, quick anti-inflammatory, and then I would certainly consider the steroids. Um, as well in addition to at that point uh ivermectin vitamin d sure sure yeah so so the
0: steroids are more like hey you got it maybe you're at risk or you're already in a in a position where you know you're one of the minority of people where this is worse than a flu this is getting bad and you don't want it to to really reach a critically ill level um so that stuff yeah the stuff we're talking about is a little different one other thing um like these uh mouthwashes that they're talking about bromexine or something forgot what we mentioned this some of these things these mouthwashes that they that i've heard different doctors talk about
1: um i'm not familiar with that brand name
0: okay okay i mean again if you go to um uh these uh these there's this one website on COVID 19 studies c19 early.com and i know you're familiar with that so oh, it yeah. has mm-hmm. all the stuff on vitamin C and vitamin D and ivermectin. So it has a whole list of other stuff there. And I was just curious that, you know, what there is behind that. But again, um, you know, some of this is is more late stage. It's more, it's not something you could just take like vitamin D or zinc. It's something that has to be carefully monitored. Um, but the point being is that there, you can no longer talk about this 14 months later as if there's nothing to treat this with. Um, I do want to tell our audience that you have an entire second portion of the book where you go through what doesn't work. You go through the lockdowns, you go through the masks, you go through the harms. Um, I, I, I'm I, not, I don't want to diminish the scholarship because I think you have one of the best scholarships on this issue. You've written prolifically on it, cover it very con- comprehensively in the book. So if you guys want to be armed with not just the information on what you ...does work academically, but also for your own health, your own loved ones, your own, you know, people that you want to make sure don't get critically ill from this virus, but don't get critically ill from some of the other stuff that they're pushing on us. There's all the literature that that you could be armed with against the mask mandates. Um, I purposely spent more time on this just because there's been less talk in it. We've covered masks from almost every angle, but I just want to give you the remaining three minutes or so if you want to discuss... What are some of the most compelling problems that you found from the mask wearing?
1: Well, my research team has compiled the most comprehensive uh, research on the hazards of masks in the English language uh, from what we have seen. And uh, we looked at it uh, from different perspectives, and we looked at it it from a microbiology perspective. We looked at it from physiology. Every organ in the body that we looked at had injury from masks. And there was demonstrated injury from uh, clinical and laboratory studies. I don't think it's uh, just simply a benign uh, sort of, you know, concession to a superstition to put on a mask to go into a store. I don't like that concession to superstition. I feel that it's a pledge of allegiance to some kind of fascism that, no, I'm not going to sign up for. So I haven't worn a mask once during this, uh, this entire so-called pandemic. Um, and I think there's evidence against it being a true pandemic, although I'm not denying the existence of SARS-CoV-2 or COVID disease. Anyway, uh, however, but there are also harms from mask wearing. And uh, there were, uh, you know, it's been found that, for example, let's look at the brain. It's been found that, you know, surgeons have suffered cognitive deficits uh, from mask surgeries as compared to unmasked surgeries. Mass surgeries did also result in more infections in the patient. Um, It's been found that uh, masked populations uh, have higher rates of COVID, and we see that both before and after uh, mask mandates, before and after widespread masking, and also uh, when you compare countries such as Sweden, relatively unmasked, with countries that are heavily masked, uh, Sweden tends to do better. And actually, Sweden in 2020 uh, had, you know, about the same rate of death per population as uh, their previous years. So if not, a slightly lower. But um the yeah, the masks have been very harmful. I think it's especially urgent to get masks off children and uh, workers. I mean, and travelers and consumers, but especially children. Could, could there, you there's, talk? There's could you no speak reason. for a moment?
0: Because a lot of people in this audience are confronting their school boards, their principals, superintendents, um, even state legislatures. Yep. And obviously we know there's no need to mask children because the virus is not a problem for them. Masks don't work. But could you speak about some of the talking points that they should use in terms of the harms for children?
1: Yes. Let's talk about tangible things that they should be taking to their school board. In my book and in the studies, um, it was shown that masks raise blood pressure by an average of 12 points systolic. Now, Why? Why do you want to begin a child on a path of hypertension over a superstition of a virus, which they have a 99.99% survival rate from? And not only that, it's been shown that their kids are not transmitting it to their teachers. Um, okay, also, tachycardia has been shown. And, you know, we uh, saw in one study 27 points uh, higher um, heart rate. Okay, why do we want to inflict tachycardia on children. Not only that, um, okay, you uh, wear a mask for an hour. In European train commuters, it was found that if you put on a brand new mask at the beginning of the hour, at the end of the hour train ride, they took off a mask. Average 100,000 bacterial colonies had grown on the inside of the mask. These bacteria is not only being held against the face, but um, mask wearers are more desperate to breathe. They have greater inspiratory flow. So we were not never meant to wear masks, and you know the upper respiratory tract, upper respiratory tract can easily deal with pathogens. We have cilia that escalate them out, and we cough, we expectorate, we get them out. Okay, the lower respiratory tract was not made to deal with all this bacteria. So why are we imposing that there? Um, you know, there's just such an enormous uh, array of problems that masks cause. Why are we inflicting this on children? it's funny
0: coming full circle, all the more reason you're going to have to bulk up on vitamin D and zinc to prevent yourself from getting some of these other pathogens uh, from, you know, so many people are unfortunately forced to wear masks, even if they don't want to, based on what they're doing. Um And, you know, especially medical workers, I mean, they really, they'll, they'll, they'll get their heads chopped off without that. So um we are out of time, Dr. Huber. We'd love to have you back again. But could you just tell us where to find your book?
1: It's on Amazon. It's both in Kindle and paperback if you uh, search for The Defeat of COVID. The Defeat of COVID.
0: The Defeat of COVID. Dr. Colleen Huber, NMD from Arizona. Um, again, this is a heavy read, but it is consumable because it had to be put out in a way that it would be, you know, very, uh, evidence-based, but it's not like reading, you know, three, five pages straight of, of really technical medical scientific terms. You'll have a sentence here or there that, you know, will be a little difficult, but you'll be able to grasp each concept. Um, when you're done with the page, I, I experienced that so far. Um, very useful defeat of COVID, um, again, folks, I am going to be a little bit irregular next week because we're going to be out at Front Sight. Uh, I will have a pre recorded show for Monday, and then I'll be back Thursday. Tuesday and Wednesday are a little bit up in the air depending on what happens so far. Have a terrific weekend. Take this information to all your friends and relatives. This is not even political, this is about saving the lives that the other side says they want to save, but ensures that they're not saved. Um, This is truly satanic, what they're doing, uh, pushing what doesn't work and is harmful and denying and almost criminalizing what does work. This is the issue of our time. Uh, Folks, have a terrific weekend. Till next week. God bless you all. And thank you for listening.